Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at bkcwest.com. Well, so we are in the midst of a uh, four-part series where we're focused on community. And the, the purpose of the series is, is that we all would grow in meaningful relationships with others, uh, right? We have plenty of interactions in life, but what we really long for and what we need is meaningful relationships, relationships that shape us and shape the other people that we're around. And so what we've looked at is we've looked at um, the whole idea of like how we're better together. So we've looked at how we love better together. Um, we looked at how we care better together. We looked at that last Sunday. And then today we're going to look at how we, we grow better together. And along with this, we're meeting in homes for four weeks, um, enjoying food together, just this simplicity of just sharing a meal uh, and, and encouraging one another and knowing one another. Uh, you don't have to go every week to that. So you can hop in. So even if you haven't been uh, for the first couple of weeks, hop into a group this week. There's a flyer in the Welcome Center or in the email that I send out. You can find out about those. So um, when you say grow, uh, it's a kind of an odd term. Like, well, grow how? Like, I mean, grow in size, um, grow in volume. Like, like what, what does that mean? And so when you look at growing, we're talking about growing spiritually, so we grow better spiritually together. Um, when you think of growth, think of uh, like a, a health or wholeness. Uh, there's a wholeness or health that happens when spiritual growth happens. And so um, really we're all being formed. Every single person that is alive or has ever lived is being formed in one way or another. But it's just what are they being formed into? That's the question, right? We're not all formed into the same thing. Uh, and uh, some end up being formed in a way that, um, that bad comes out of the life. That's the majority. Or some get formed in a way and, and, and good comes out of that life. And it's, it's, uh, it's a decision that we make, uh, but there's all these other forces in life that are pulling on that too. So uh, there's all sorts of ways in life that we you know, that we're focused on growing, like one is physically. So like my sons and I, have, I have uh, three teenage sons. One's a, a freshman in college, so he's away at college. But we have a, we have a local gym that we work out at. Uh, they work out more than I do. Um, and so uh, a, a couple of times I've joined them in their workouts. And it's interesting because when they were all uh, kind of preteen, I took them to the gym. And, and, and I'd have them do stuff and they're like, oh, this hurts. I'm like, come on, do it. You know, and, and, and it's like the Michelle and I, my wife, we've actually worked out once together. Uh, we were, we were engaged. And, and so she was doing some tricep extensions on this machine. And so I thought I'd approach her how I, I used to with my uh, football teammates with it because she started to struggle. And so I, I, I yelled, come on, do it. She dropped the weight and said, I don't function that way, you know? And so that was the first and only time that we've ever lifted weights together. But, uh, but the boys, they'll, they'll invite me in uh, to work out with them and do their workouts and stuff. And, and it's so fun because they've, uh, they've really excelled in knowledge and in, in what their ability and what they're doing really beyond what, you know, w- when I worked out heavy and played sports and stuff, we just worked out. They have all these, uh, all this knowledge of, well, you got to do this and do this and, and they get better results. So, um, but you know, any given gym, 
if you were to survey a dozen people there, you'd probably get a dozen different answers of what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, so some people, I'm going to get fit. Uh, other people, I'm going to get healthy. Uh, I want to feel better about myself. Uh, I, I want to meet people socially. Uh, you know, or you know, pe- some people are trying to bulk, right? Or, you know, or some people are trying to cut. They're trying to get cut. Or some people are just trying to get huge, okay? Uh, so you've got all these different goals at the gym uh, and, and the different ways that they go about it. Some people are all about cardio. Some people are all about weight. Some people are about cross-training. Um, but they get all this information like, well, I'm doing this be, to accomplish this. And, and there's all the, right, you can just look up a million different ways and, uh, about lifting or getting in, in shape or uh, uh, lifting weights or cardio, those things. And you have tons of different answers on the internet too, right? You got tons of information, uh, but what really works, what's really healthy is the question. Uh, like you talk to people that really have degrees and, and have studied those things and really know. Uh, for instance, my doctor once, I don't know if yours has told you this, but my doctor once, I, uh, I referenced something as he was telling me what I should do with my health. And he said, don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree. Right? And so, so we live in that world where we can look up all kinds of stuff, but you know, what really works? Like what's, what's really important? Well, when it comes to the local church, we have a similar scenario. Uh, you know, people come to church uh, to find more peace in their lives. Uh, they come to church to find God. Uh, they come to church to learn how to live. Uh, they come to church for community or friends. Uh, come to church to practice religion or spirituality. So all of those are good things. And those happen here and they happen in, in all sorts of different churches. Not all churches are the same. You know, they're, they're pretty different. Um, but just like gyms, uh, different churches have different focuses. I want to share with you today when we talk about growing spiritually together, that it's better that way about what we are focused on. Right, what we're trying to do here, uh, to narrow it down and say, this is what we are about. Um, Dallas Willard, uh, author, uh, he wrote in Renovation of the Heart, he says this. He says, the greatest need you and I have, and really the greatest need of collective humanity, is the renovation of our hearts. The spiritual place within us from which outlook, choices, and actions come has been formed by a world away from God. Now it must be transformed. So I, you don't know, you like that, the renovation of my heart. You know, I, I don't know if when you renovate something, it's, right, uh, there's demo that takes place, and then there's building back up. So today I want, you to, I want to share with you guys, you know, what we're trying to accomplish What we're trying to accomplish is that we're trying to help people surrender their lives to Christ. And then those same people, we're trying to help you become disciples or followers of Jesus. And so within that, what we want to do is we want to teach you to do the things that Jesus did. That Jesus would actually be formed in your life. That's actually the whole of the New Testament. That's what they're trying to get at. Like, there's lots of different details, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to communicate that you, complicated you, uh, with, you know, your will and your heart and your spirit and and, in everything that you are, that you would take that and you would be in the presence of Jesus and he would influence that. And him, the way he is and who he is, 
would be formed in you. That's the simplicity of Christianity. And so, so that's what we're doing. So, you know, God has a definition of growth, and that's that Christ will be formed in you. Galatians 4.19 says this. It says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That one verse sums up the New Testament so well that that's what's supposed to happen is that, is that Jesus Christ is supposed to be formed in you, that you would live your life not as Jesus, just to be clear, right? No one's becoming Jesus, but that you would live your life as Jesus would live your life. So we have a bunch of people walking around, learning as students and learning how to live from this, this rabbi, this teacher Jesus, and then living their lives the way that he would. Because that's what, that's what we see, like in the New Testament. We see people that are living a certain way, being formed a certain way, and they don't go to a lecture or a seminar put on by this guru or, or get a manual, like, hey, go take this manual and do it. But they get in proximity with this person of Jesus. And then when they get in proximity with him, they experience the very presence of God. And so in simplicity, that's what we do every week. And that's what we do in groups is we just gather and we try to get each other into the presence of Jesus. And as we get into the presence of Jesus, we're formed in a certain way. Uh, Willard that I talked about, uh, he says, he defines spiritual, Christian spiritual formation as the spirit-driven process of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ himself, right? Now, I don't know about you, but uh, that's pretty high expectations, right? I think the, the underlying current of Christianity for maybe it's for a long time, but it seems like definitely for the last like 60 to 70 years. Uh, and some of it came through like doing, um, you know, evangelical events where, you know, how can we share with people and have people make a decision simply for Jesus? And so the idea came out like, well, if you were to die today, you know, would you go to heaven and be with God? And so the focus became much more upon like, hey, you get this really great thing when you die. And in one way, you look at it like, yeah, I definitely want that. I want to be with God and in, in all that he brings when I die. That's good. But the problem is, is that many people have not moved past that. And so in the, the idea in their head is, is that, boy, I get the really good stuff from God when I die. And that's different than what Jesus taught. Jesus didn't teach that you get all the stuff when you die physically. He taught like, hey, come and die now by laying down your life and giving me all of your life. And actually, you start to get the really good stuff now. So it's the changing of expectations that I would become a totally different person, live a totally different way, and that Christ would be formed in me. Um, you know, there's this little story of a little boy, and it's probably just an illustration, but, you know, he's, he's sitting there at the table, you know, drawing a picture, and, and his teacher comes up and says, you know, uh, what are you drawing? Uh, and he says, well, I'm drawing God. And the teacher says, you're silly. Nobody knows what God looks like. And so he pauses, and he says, well, they will when I'm done. <laughs> right? 
And you guys, that's a little bit of the attitude of the Christian, is that when they look at my life, they would know what Jesus is like. When they look at a church, they would know what Jesus was like. I mean, that's why I signed up. I got around some Christians that have been your church in Central California, and, I'm, and, and I, I, didn't know, uh, all, I didn't know all sorts of things about the Christian religion and all sorts of things, but they talked about Jesus. They seemed like Jesus, and I said, you know, if Jesus is like this, I want to be a part of this. I want Jesus. And that's actually how it's supposed to be. No pressure is that we are to be the expression of who God is. And that's what Jesus said too. He said to his disciples, he, he told his disciples, he says, well, well, how do we know what the father is like? Or how do we get to the father? Or how do we, and he says, you know, have I not been with you long enough? If you want to know what the father's like, look at me. And so now that continues with Christians. If you want to know what Jesus is like, look at me. And so it's a little bit of a, of a different expectation. So spiritual growth happens together. That's how we do it. Uh, I had a seminary professor and he said, spiritual growth happens together or not at all. And at first I'm like, come on. But I think it's true because the whole New Testament is written to a people. It's written to you all. When Paul wrote, uh, I'm in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. uh, He didn't say until Christ is formed in you, John. Like individually, he said, formed in you as a people. And so anytime that we approach this growing spiritually, we have to grow it that the body of Christ is not there for the individual Christian, for their spiritual growth. The individual Christian is their spiritual growth for the body. We serve the body. My growth, I'm a part of that. So we have to think about it that way. This is expressed really well in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 11. Ephesians is, is just a wonderful, wonderful letter. Uh, we think probably that it was, it was more of a, it's written to the Ephesians like in Ephesus, that's where they landed, but it probably was a letter that was meant to be spread around to different churches. I mean, they were all spread around in different places, but even in its beginning, I think it was written like as, you know, here's to Christians all over the place. And so Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, this is what it says. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the church uh, equips people for works of service for the building up of the body of Christ, right? So, so the spiritual growth in the people builds up the body of Christ, okay? Now, it, it's, it is, you know, uh, it, it's a circle, right? You say, well, the, it's the individuals for the body, but the, and the body serves the people so that they grow. Uh, but it, it lists these people or these giftings uh, for people to help them grow 
in, in, in Christ. Um, what does this result in? It results in a strong, unified, mature, Christ-filled, loving, functioning whole church or people. That's what it results in. And so it, it's, it's a clear picture, right? It shows this connectedness that happens. And it all sounds good, but it says equipped for works of service. So the first thing we have to know about, about growing is that I really can't grow spiritually unless what God does in me and what I receive from him, I then give out to other people in different ways. And especially the church or a body of believers, other Christians. And I have a very large bent outward, uh, like reaching um, the people outside the church. But first, you have to have this strong group of people that's a foundation to be able to go out as well. And so that's what we, we see talked about here. And so when I approach things, I can't have an attitude if I am to grow spiritually in the way that God would have me or others grow, if it's kind of like, uh, it's an individual spirituality. And I understand when somebody says that, it's just like, I'm, I have a private relationship with God or that sort of thing. I understand. What's great is you have a relationship with God. But to grow in that, it has to interface with, with other people. You have to come into uh, uh, sometimes conflict with other people, right? Like I am the most loving person, just like Jesus, until I get around other people, <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that right? Like there's the person that prayed. They said, thank you, God, that I've been the most loving, wonderful person today. And, you know, I've just been so good and obeyed you. And so now as I get out of bed, you know, it's just you interact with other people and that's where it's tested. That's what's really inside of you. And so uh, the next thing we see is, is that, you know, spiritual growth is taught, but it's, it really works itself out. And primarily it happens where it's caught. A lot of people, what they do is they stop at the top. So they say, okay, I'm going to grow spiritually. And they're just getting teaching. They're just getting teaching. They're getting teaching. I mean, we have wonderful teachers. Like you can just go on the internet and you can, uh, in podcasts. I mean, you can hear just wonderful Bible teaching, all sorts of things all over the place. And you just get taught and you get taught and you get taught. But you say to yourself, why aren't I growing spiritually? Well, there's the teaching, but then there's the catching of it. And if teaching can get you, uh, you know, three steps, if we just look at it that way, like three steps out of 20, if teaching can get you there, catching can you move you way over here, catching spiritual growth. And, he, and here's how. So Colossians verse one, uh, chapter one, verse 28 through 29 says this. It says, he, speaking of Jesus, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. When I was a young youth pastor, uh, you know, we were at a, a very, very large church and, and uh, I just had so many demands and I'd get, uh, you know, periodicals in the mail and you should be doing this and you should be doing this and, and you've got to do this and, and this church is doing this and if you want to keep up, you do this. And I'm, there was this moment in my office and I just put my my head on my desk. I'm like, Lord, what do you want from me? Like, like, what am I supposed to be doing? And, and he spoke to me. He says, I want you to teach people to follow Jesus. And some of you say, well, that's great, Cody. You know, you're a pastor, of course, but no, simply 
teach people to follow Jesus and move out the barriers and the, the, the pitfalls of uh, religion, move those away that people truly themselves would follow Jesus. Because we easily can follow a personality, we easily can follow uh, you know, a, a, a church or a denomination, those things, but really follow Jesus. And it was this verse that really stood out where it says, uh, I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me, this shows that the effort of people is joined with the power of God, and that's how people are formed spiritually. And people catch it when those things happen. So um, here's the thing. In the midst of all the wonderful teaching and things that you can grab onto online and podcasts and those things, there's a saturation point if we don't do it. Do it. And there, everything's just so quotable and tweetable and, and just everything's out there and just, you know, and brilliant. And, you know, we're just in this age of, oh, wow, I never thought about that and those things. But let me just tell you, that is not a mature Christian. That does not make a mature Christian, those things. Other people's stories including the stories that I tell you of how God has worked in my life or my encounters, you cannot build your spiritual growth and your health upon those things. You cannot build your spiritual growth in life and who God made you to be upon the tweets or the quotes or the insights of anybody else. You've got to get your own stories. A.W. Tozer, uh, 20th century writer, he, he said that Christians must encounter the living God. You know, if, if we're just practicing like a religion or some steps or things, that's okay. You're, you're going to find your way. But Christians are to encounter the living God, like, like Moses, right? Like with the burning bush. He's going about his life. He's at work that day. And then he looks over and he sees something strange. And so he goes over to see. I'm convinced that there's encounters all around us. Sometimes it comes through glorious moments like that. Like, wow, look at this amazing thing. Sometimes it comes through brokenness. Sometimes it comes through hardships. Sometimes it comes through, through, um, uh, through you know, being annoyed. You know, for, like, you know, uh, people interrupting us. Sometimes it comes through hard things, and, and we look at that, but God wants to encounter us. I mean, that's what's crazy, is that, is that it's not just like, okay, I, Cody told me I need to encounter God. Okay, I'm going to make that happen. No, God is wanting to encounter you. And to encounter means to, like, come face to face. Because there's a big difference between a spirituality and, 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 and growth and maturity built upon stories and activities and, and doing things versus I've been encountering the living God. Sometimes it even happens at church. Sometimes you even encounter God at church. You encounter him sometimes in the desert. Sometimes you encounter him at work. Sometimes you encounter him at school. Sometimes you encounter him at home. But the key is, is this, you encounter him when you say yes. See, the encounter isn't always like clear that this is the encounter, but the sure way to find out and encounter him is by saying yes. Some of my greatest encounters with the Lord are, are, are late at night. Um, and I'm prone to do things later than everybody else in my home, but 
There's times where I'm totally exhausted and, and I'm just doing stuff and the Lord says, come and be with me. Just come and be with me. Like you've been so busy, come and be with me. And so I'll just sit. I'm like, oh, Papa, Daddy, here I am. And just encounter. And so when we catch spiritual activity and growth in God, that's where we encounter him. Sometimes it's through the teaching, but it's through the catching. And so here's the, the typically the ways that you can encounter God. Uh, he is caught in reading the Bible. So it's wonderful that people like me will get up and read the scripture and explain and teach that sort of thing. But for you to, to read the Bible, and I know it's hard. If you're not a regular Bible reader, you, you can also listen. Like they have apps, you can listen and stuff. But, but to get in the Bible and to read, and you will never be the same when you read something and it jumps off the page and God says, that right there is for you. And I'm speaking to you about this thing that you're doing. And you know, you know, you know, you know. You'll never be the same because, because you know. It's not because somebody else told you about that, but because God spoke to you. And it's not that God can't speak to you the first time you open the Bible and look at it, but it's that, that it takes kind of a, a, a coordinating and a calibrating to come together to get to the place that you can hear him. Because the Bible's not just a, a novel or a book. It's living and breathing. And it speaks to the deepest parts of you. So you will catch by reading the Bible. You'll catch in prayer. And again, I know, I, I, I mean, I, I have to like dial myself. When I go to pray, I've got all kinds of stuff. And uh, when I was in my early 20s, I, I, I had learned prayer was just like, you know, you pray and you ask and you pray for things and you intercede for things and you pray for other people. And I was just going, 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 going. And then I got to this point, I'm just like, God, I just feel like, I just feel like it's bouncing off the ceiling or the walls here. What's going on? And he goes, well, why don't you give me a chance to talk? And so I went through this period of, of, of about six months to a year where when I would pray, for the most part, I would just be quiet. Like, hi, Father, here I am. And I'd listen. I'd, I'd say some things here and there, but, but just listen. And the most amazing thing is, is that I knew that God did things in me. I didn't know exactly what sometimes, but I, 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 I was changed by just being with him. And I would hear certain things and, and that sort of thing. So, so you can catch in prayer. Um, you can catch in difficulty. You can catch in difficulty. You can catch God and encounter God in difficulty because what God does in difficulty, he doesn't bring the difficulty and say, ah, let's see if they can hit a curveball. You know, that's why I quit baseball in the, in the, in the 10th grade is I couldn't hit a curveball. You know, some people feel like that, like, well, God's just bringing too much of me. God doesn't bring stuff to you. You're human. This is a fallen world. Stuff is messed up. It will happen to you whether you're a Christian or not. But what God does is that in the midst of it, he will come to you and you'll encounter him and you'll say, oh, this thing that was so big actually isn't that big because God's with me and he's given me a different perspective. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll catch it in community. Just like the verses here, because in community, Jesus is proclaimed. Uh, spiritual growth and maturity in Christ happens. And uh, we see Jesus uh, in his ways in community. 
you know, in the Bible, we read the stories of Jesus. Uh, we see the stories of Jesus' past, but in, in community, we encounter Jesus' present, right? Um, people do. They look at the church and they look at Christians and, and, and that's how they read Jesus. They, they parse Jesus by looking at, at Christians. And you can say to yourself, well, gosh, they shouldn't do that. But that's how Jesus set it up. And so that's why we're about to be the vocation of having Christ formed in us. So, you know, some of my, uh, I talked about, I came into a vineyard church and I said, well, this is what Jesus is like. I want this. And so, but some of the ways that I grew spiritually, like I said, I have a big outward focus. Well, so my, um, my uh, youth pastor, I moved to San Diego when I was 15. Um, his name's Miles McPherson. So he played for the Chargers in the, in the 80s and uh, uh, a good football player, great pastor. And so he was my youth pastor at the time. And um, he has a, a big church in San Diego now. And, and uh, he, uh, he was very evangelistic because he, he was just radically saved by God. And so uh, he, his name's Miles. So he did these miles ahead crusades for, you know, for people all over the place. But uh, I was a senior in high school and uh, they, we were going to take a trip to Prescott, Arizona. And so we'd fly there and we'd evangelize this whole town. And, and, and so I'm thinking to myself, I'm still a new Christian. I'm like, wow, this is this different, strange. And, and, but I felt like God said, I want you to do this. So I said, yes. And so we went to this place and I, it was crazy. Like they just gave us carte blanche. We, at the high school, we go into the, the workout room and we're, a bunch of us are football players. And so we go, we'd work out with them and talk to them about Jesus at the public school. And, and then they had the big uh, crusade uh, at an evening and the, the high school is kind of up on a hill here. And, uh, and, and it was like uh, Field of Dreams. Like if you build it, they will come. Like you could see for miles, cars just lied, lined up. It was like the whole place came. And spiritual roots in that community were built during that time. And, and then afterwards, I'm a newer Christian, but I'm like counseling people that just gave their lives to Jesus. You see, I could read that kind of stuff in scripture, but until I got around that and I was able to catch it, I didn't get it. So I grew spiritually through that. Um, uh, one of the pastors that mentored me, uh, I didn't understand completely like what, it, what we were doing when we gathered as Christians or what Christians are supposed to do when it comes to the presence of God until uh, we were at a honey-baked ham restaurant. The, he, he tells me, he goes, I'm a young intern pastor. He goes, hey, come on, we're going to go pray for these ladies. It's so like, okay, and he, where are we going? He goes, honey-baked ham place. And he, he's like, I'm hoping we get one when we're done. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so, so we go into this place, and there's uh, these women that are running this, this uh, restaurant. And, and we're like, okay, so what's going on? And they tell us that uh, there was just this great fear and like this dark kind of evil presence in the place. And even to the point that they thought like there was like demons and things in the hams, right? They were just, it was just, they were just totally taken. Like there was a different presence in this place than, than God's presence. And so uh, Bear, the guy that was, I was with, the pastor, one of my mentors, he just says, okay, all right. So here's what's going on now. What we're going to do is we're going to pray, invite God's presence. And then this is going to be done. And I can't remember whether he asked for a ham or not, but, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, and so we just do that in this place and we just, we welcomed God's presence as the people of God with these people that wanted God 
And we just spent a little bit of time in prayer and God's presence came in that place and they were different. Like they were now were able to be formed in a different way and receive and they had a totally different outlook. Um, uh, I remember when I was uh, in my early 20s, I was a part of a, it was a nine month program called the School of Evangelism uh, at a church. And so we went to Ensenada, Mexico. We spent a month there uh, and uh, down at the beach and just sharing Jesus with people. But it was all leading up to this Festival de Vida, you know, uh, so Festival of Life. And, and so we, we fed and clothed, you know, uh, 10, 15,000 people. And we had multiple night events at this thing. And, and, uh, and I, Mike McIntosh, who was the pastor of Horizon Christian Fellowship, the church is a part of, and, and he's sitting there preaching and, and, uh, and, and I'm standing right here and there's this gentleman right here and he, he just stops what he's preaching. He says, he says, you right there. And I'm like, no, not me, Mike. You know, and, and so you're right there. And he's talking to this man here. He goes, you, he goes, you've been deaf. You've never heard in your life. And I'm like, well, he can't hear you, Mike. You know, and so, um, but he says, you've been deaf. You've never, you know, you've never heard in your life, but God's opening your ears right now. And you're about to hear and God's healing you. And oh my gosh, this guy just comes unglued because he hears for the first time in his life. And, and then he, he has them come and it's, it's not, and I know, because I know some of you are like, oh, come on, this is a setup. No, this dude didn't know him, never seen. He's just in the mix of the crowd. And God healed this guy's ears. He could hear right there. Again, I caught it. I'm like, oh my gosh. God's doing that stuff. That's what he's doing. So I could read that in scripture, but then I see it. And so there's many other examples, but all of that stuff's caught. And so I, I have these stories of things that I've seen because people invited me into those. But then now I have my own stories that as I said, yes, and I help people, other people into. So if you want to grow spiritually in Jesus, if you want Christ formed in you, which is the only main goal of Christianity. There's all kinds of other side things and all sorts of stuff. I was telling Mike Whitley uh, yesterday, I never wanted to be a pastor. Uh, and, and so, but God told me he wanted me to be a pastor. So I said, okay, I don't know how to do that. So you're going to have to do it. Show me what to do. But I didn't want to be a pastor because I was about like this kind of stuff. Like, I'm like, I just want it to be about like the stuff, like Christ forming you, the basic stuff. And I see that pastors end up doing all kinds of other things and it gets off track and all these other things. And, and so I didn't know that I wanted to because of that. But as I, as I was looking at this week, just like the Lord did something in me. He's like, Cody, this is it. Yes, there's all kinds of other things to do and all kinds of other things to get involved in. There's all kinds of responsibilities, but this is it. This is what we're about. This is what you're about. This is what your church is about. Is Christ formed in you. But it comes through just saying yes. And so the Lord is inviting you all the time. He's inviting you, come and be with me, come and hear with me, come and see this, come and see. And as you do that, you catch more of him. And when you have encounters with him, your stories will form Christ in you. That's actually what it does is, is these stories, these encounters with God, him little by little, thing by thing, that forms Christ in you. So how, how, do, how do we take this home? Uh, one, settle your goal. Christ formed in you. Tell the Lord. Lord, that's what I want. 
I don't care. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I need to do. I don't care what I need to go. I don't care where you want me, wherever it is, however it is. I want Jesus Christ formed in me. I want to become the person that I was made to be. And then what's going to happen is he'll give you little things to obey him and little things to say yes in. And then he'll give you greater and greater things and Christ will be formed in you. That's the pace. Raise your expectations of encountering God in the way that you're to live life now. I mean, think about that. If it's not all about what you get when you die, but actually that you start all that you get when you die now, raise the expectations of how life can be now and how it can be for the people around you. And then get your stories. Get your stories. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want stories of of encountering you. God, I want stories of seeing you move. God, I want those. And so so the way you start is like I did, just who's somebody that's walking in it? Who's somebody that, that you can catch from? Look, I mean, and if you, if you don't know, come with me. We'll go to Walmart and you'll get all sorts of stories. I'm telling you, there's more activity over here at Walmart and people moving in people's lives and just public places, uh, you know, all over the place. Not just that, but just in, in, the, in the public. So invite God's presence wherever you go. That's where you'll see it. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com.